0: Live and full effect. This is the All 32 Podcast. Kyle B's here, Ryan Bukovetsky. Uh, oh, this is live as it gets. <laughs> but uh yeah, this is you should notice uh something different with this with this episode. Pretty, pretty good difference. My man Ryan not on the line with me this week. He is in the same room as me. The and, producer's dream. Yeah. This should be a nice, clear, uh, you know, clear uh, audio uh, podcast this week. Our best sound to get, I would, I would uh, wager to assume, and also, uh, yeah, no, no back and forth stuff, no, no difference when he talks and when I talk. We're all here speaking into the same mic, so uh, definitely. Uh, en- hope you enjoyed that enhancement of quality. Uh, but you know we're really here to just give you what you want, and that is definitely uh, the best recap of the NFL from week to week. And uh, we break it down game to game, player to team, to team player to player as as needed, and definitely division by division. But uh, yeah, we're here uh, on a you know the the beginning of basketball. NBA is back, but we're still uh, you know giving you. Uh, the the best NFL coverage that we could provide. We'll give you plenty of basketball stuff too here on War on Anchor coming up. But you know we're definitely riding with the NFL as well, even in the face of a uh, you know quite terrible weekend for the Bears. But uh, definitely we uh you know that's we like the all thirty two because we don't have to focus so much on the Bears. We can uh you know we're riding out our perspective to the entire league you know we will we will touch on the bears a little bit later but you know right now we want to get we're getting into the entire league and everything that interests us with week seven of the uh 2019 nfl season and uh yeah just starting off man let's let's just get right into it uh monday night we had the the, you know big big victory for new england 33-0 you know, pretty uh, open, open and shut case there with the Jets. And uh if you looked at the as we look at the AFC East, which is where we'll start off our rundown, um, you know, pretty much yeah yeah two the uh, all four of the AFC East teams face each other. Uh the two winning teams won pretty convincingly. Miami won uh Miami lost to uh Buffalo on the other side 31 to 21. Uh, And like like you said, the big Monday win for uh, New England. And, you know, know, what else else can we really say about it? Two playoff teams, potential playoff teams. New England, best team in the league right now, one of two undefeated teams in the entire NFL. Defense has been amazing. Uh, You know, they had uh, Darnold out there seeing ghosts apparently. But, uh, you know, as as you look at it, Ryan, you know, just – what are your thoughts on the AFC East and, uh, like I said, the, the two winning teams that we got there, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, New England and Buffalo? You
1: know? Yeah, uh, well, with the East, I mean, you're seeing the real divide between the two teams, it's a, a division of two teams for sure. You've got the Dolphins and the Jets way in the back, and for the Jets, they're the only interesting part of those two teams – and mainly to see what Sam Darnold does. But either way, you're talking about uh, really two teams that should fall below 500. As for the playoff teams, like you mentioned, or at least uh, for the Patriots, they are, I think, the best team in the AFC. And and you just see it. They picked up uh, Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons right. to address probably their biggest concern, which is depth at wide receiver. So they're going to be a, a really strong team once again when it comes to the end of the season and playoffs. So uh, unless something tragic happens to Tom Brady, but even then, I think Bill Belichick could probably coach up a team well enough to get them to win this division. So I think you're, you're talking about just a, a constant threat when it comes to the Patriots. And for the Bills, uh, it's really about consistency from their passing game. Because in that first half against the Dolphins, they just really didn't get much done. Uh, A few penalties, maybe a couple turnovers. I I don't remember specifically in that first half. But uh, I remember they just did not play well whatsoever going into halftime. And then they came out, made a couple turnovers from their defense. Josh Allen hits a few throws downfield, hits... uh, uh, Brown on a nice seam route up the middle, and uh, that went for a touchdown, and suddenly they were rolling, and they looked like that playoff team. Can they get that consistently, though, from Allen, especially when teams are going to force him to throw the football and not allow him to beat them with his legs or with the overall Bills running game?
0: Bills outscored Miami 22-7 in the fourth quarter of that game, so that was definitely a game that they could have lost. And if, you know, if they didn't uh, rally late in that one, so you know, I, I guess you know, I say a little less impressive than uh, New England, but uh, you know, as as you say, you know, they pick up a, another talented player this week, in and Mohamed Sanu, and they're just they're just rolling as as you know as, as they tip as they typically do. But uh, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier this year, you know, they don't often get off to great starts, and like like they have this year with the 7-0 and start this is only there's been reported on the third and 7-0 start in franchise history with all those great teams they've had so you know usually they give up one or two games that in in the first couple months of the year you know sort of take that time getting going but with that defense they got and and a lot of people will say too you know a less than stellar schedule you know they've really been able to take advantage of the guy of the teams that they faced and uh, they've beaten Team they're beating subpar teams like a like a good team should a good or great team should they've beaten them pretty convincingly and that was definitely the case on Monday. Okay, so we take uh take it over to the East pretty straight up and down results from them this week to a little bit more complicated uh NFC AFC North I should say, and uh the North actually had uh you know the uh. Couple, is that? A couple teams are by this week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the Steelers, Steelers and, Browns. and Browns. Yeah, both are by. but uh, they had these Bengals were in action. They lost to the Jaguars twenty seven to seventeen. Uh, you know more, you know really much. What more can you expect for the Bengals at this point? than really been a down year for them. One of the worst teams in the league. But uh you look at one of the best teams in the league right now Baltimore Ravens big big win in Seattle 30 to 16 over Seattle and uh pretty impressive victory they improved to 5 and 2 they're you know tops in the north and uh you know maybe uh maybe a team that you really got to look out for now in the AFC given that they have beat one of the better teams in the in the NFC but uh you know what you know, I could, clearly we could look at you know the Bagels as the down, you know, though the 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 low light in the division and in, in uh, Baltimore as the highlight. Uh, you know, looking looking more to that Baltimore win, you know, what do you think was significant about it in, in regards to the way that they uh, you know, they, they seem to really contain the, you know, Russell Wilson in that Seattle uh off Seattle attack that ground attack in particular quite a you know quite better than most teams and and that has you know it's interesting because the ravens defense hasn't been as you know stout as we normally uh been used to seeing them but uh this one they sort of rose to the occasion do it like
1: yeah the trade for marcus peters already paying dividends so yeah it's a touchdown interception uh pick six also aka known as and uh They're a a team that really needs their secondary to play well. That's why they went out and got Marcus Peters to add some extra depth there. That's where their defense is built. They're more so about uh, figuring out in their front seven how to scheme it up and with the talent that they have. And they do have talent in their front seven. It's just not the strength of their defense. That's in the secondary, like I said. But uh, you want uh, this front seven to be able to just stop the run and get some pressure on the passer. And they were able to do both of those. They held uh, Russell Wilson down to his worst game of the season. And uh, they did some really good stuff uh, overall offensively, special teams, defensively. That was just a complete John Harbaugh win right there. And uh, he had his team prepared, ready to go. And they're going to be uh, the favorites easily in this North Division because they're just going to probably be the most steady team. All the others will be going through their ups and downs, except for the Bengals who are just going through their downs but uh, it's really the Ravens opportunity right now with the Browns still going through a difficult stretch in their schedule before it lightens up and gets a much easier. If uh, the Ravens can continue to win and just win a few more games, you would think that they're at a point where they would definitely have a stranglehold on the division.
0: Yeah. They gave themselves a nice uh, additional cushion this week with the win. And uh, you know, you you mentioned Wilson is roughest out in the season. He's a to be exact, he had 20, only 20 completions of 41 attempts for 241 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And uh look at uh Lamar Jackson, who, you know, may still could play his way into the MVP, uh, you know, the MVP hunt, you know, he uh only have 143 yards passing on nine of 20, but he was running uh just as well as ever this week. Hundred and sixteen yards rushing on fourteen carries and a touchdown. So it just shows you how tough it is to fully contain him on a given week. And uh they say they they set the set the pace and uh put down a big victory there uh in the Seattle. And uh yeah, that, let's do a quick look at next week because uh with both with all those teams back in action, uh the Browns will be facing the Patriots and uh as they come off the bye and uh let me see another it's Steelers be the be hosting the Dolphins. So a lot of AFC East and North uh going against each other. The Bills actually be going against uh the Eagles. Uh we look at the uh, AFC East, you know, they'll be going the going against the NFC East next week. And uh there's, there's another interesting matchup. That I saw, Oh, the Ravens actually will be on the bye, so they'll they'll be, they'll be picking up some rest after their big win. So we'll see. Uh, see how the Browns, in particular, want to answer, um, and see if they could keep some sort of pace up. Um, you know, if they, uh, you no, know, they'll have a tough draw there with the yeah, Patriots. They,
1: they can't fall too far behind the Ravens if they yeah. want to win this division. And they're,
0: yeah, really, the only team you think at this point that would be able to keep up with. And even teams. that
1: seems just so unlikely based on what they've shown so far this year. I mean, it really, the Ravens are, at this point in time, no doubt, a clear step above everybody else in the division.
0: It's looking like it. It's looking like it. And when you look at another team that had a chance to maybe make such a statement this week, uh, those Houston Texans, but they failed uh, Failed pretty mightily. Took a L in Indianapolis, the Colts. Uh, beat them 30 to 23 a big win between uh the two top teams we could we could look at currently in the afc south as we look at that division uh the Colts improved their regular four and two and they downgraded Houston to four and three uh so definitely a big a big uh big win uh, there as they currently own the tiebreaker uh and they you know coming out for their first meeting together I and mean, we'll see and the Colts
1: proving that their win and arrowhead more impressive
0: yeah. with this victory. Yeah, they were, <laughs> these two teams knocked off uh Kansas City over the mm-hmm. past couple of weeks. They face each other and they uh you know the Colts are coming out with coming out with the advantage there. So definitely a big win. We talk about the division race and we talk about uh ultimate playoff placement in the AFC. So um, you know, elsewhere, Jaguars, we said already, beat the Bengals. And uh the Titans uh also in the South picked up a win twenty-three twenty over the Chargers, who are still flailing and uh not getting much even with the return of uh my man uh uh Melvin Gordon. Uh so it's yeah, it's just uh you know, we look at look at the South, of course, like say the big the big game was Houston and and Indy. You know, what do you what do you take away from that game with uh, you know Brissett having one of his best games, maybe his you can say his best game as a as a starter or four touchdowns. And uh, you know, Texans again, they sort of get week to week different performances from uh from uh from their quarterback from uh and and you know just you know Watson like I say just not enough consistency but also you can argue maybe not enough help even though he's got quite a bit of talent.
1: Yeah, I would it. think – I think that's a pretty good assessment right there because for the Texans, they're star power driven. I mean, you look at just – they're fueled by the big names, J.J. Watts, Sean Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. And you go throughout uh, their kind of secondary stars, but they don't have a ton of depth and they have mm-hmm. holes on offense and defense. That's going to be potentially their undoing in this division because the Colts – they're a team that maybe doesn't have quite as much star power, but they just don't really have an obvious weakness anywhere because they're strong up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah. They've got good secondary pieces. They've got good wide receiver and tight end pieces for the quarterback. They run the football. They stop the run. I mean, it just – it that's why I like the Colts the most in this division to win it because they're just too consistent and too strong at every position – uh, the Texans can definitely still win this division. It's not necessarily uh, doom for them because they lost this game on the road. So they'll certainly have their chance to beat Indianapolis at their uh, stadium at a later date. But definitely if you're the Texans, you don't want to at all try to chase this Colts team because they're a team that uh, should benefit from an easier schedule than the Texans. And the Texans on top of it. If they have any key injuries, maybe if a J.J. Watt goes down for a little bit or even a DeAndre Hopkins for a couple weeks, they might not be able to have enough around the rest of their players to be able to win.
0: Yeah, definitely definitely would not want any type of uh, injury situation like that in, in Houston. And looking at this coming week, uh, the uh, Texans hosting the Raiders, so it's going to be a pretty interesting matchup there. And, um, let me see, the Colts will be hosting the Broncos, so a little bit of an easier draw for them. Uh, and, you know, Colts, like I at home again, so they may be able to boost themselves up even a, a little more coming out of next week. But, uh, yeah, as we look back towards this week, uh, let's go over to the AFC West to finish up our talk for the AFC. And uh, you know, let's start off. uh, Thursday had uh, two of the West teams face each other, and the Chiefs, you know, pretty much like the Monday night game, no washout, thirty to six win over the Broncos. No, but you had uh, you know Mahomes come out of that game early, so that's pretty much the big storyline right now with with that team. They were able to to break away from their losing streak, but Mahomes health is now up in the air. So, you know, as we look at the rest of the division, the Raiders were coming off the bye and the win against the Bears, but they uh, dropped the ball up in Green Bay, lose the 42 to 24. They just kind of ran to a buzzsaw there. and uh,
1: They didn't uh, help Aaron themselves Rod- either. Yeah, didn't
0: help themselves, but Aaron Rodgers tore them up. And, uh, you know, the Raiders kind of fell back to earth a bit there. And uh, we already mentioned the Chargers losing. To the Titans, they're struggling and uh looking for answers and maybe they'll find them here in Chicago next week. Uh you know, this coming Sunday, I should say, as they face the Bears. But as of now, let say Chiefs still ahead and uh, you know, but they have the, the big worry with Mahomes. So how do you think that's gonna shape their their view of their near future?
1: Yeah, um it's gonna be just a matter of him getting healthy and as long as it's not uh, six weeks from now they should be okay because you are at a point where you know a a month two-month injury that can be uh devastating to any type of playoff run especially if they get too far behind without him if they can stay the course and kind of do what the saints have done just maybe not to the same degree but be just 500 without patrick mahomes i think they'd be in a good position to go ahead and nab a playoff spot even if they were slightly below 500 but that's just going to be the thing when does he come back because they're not going to be the same playoff Chiefs team and that leaves the division a little open right now and that's looking mainly at the Raiders and maybe the outside chance that the Chargers get hot but assuming the Chargers kind of continue to sputter like they've been the only other team that you really look at as being a threat to the Chiefs and Threat is just very kindly putting it. It's not a, maybe legitimate at this point, but it would be the Raiders. And that would depend on them, I think, going on a nice little run to start out the or to from this point until Patrick Mahomes comes back. If they can stack up some victories, maybe put some pressure on the Chiefs to play perfect at the end of the season to win the division, maybe that's a chance uh, that the Raiders need to be able to even win this division
0: yeah this this is not the worst time for them to have a thing with Mahomes, and maybe it gives him the rest especially if
1: it's only like a a month and a half then you think okay worst case scenario late november early december
0: yeah it it may give him the rest that he may have needed to coming out of you know because you know a lot of people don't know he was he's kind of been dealing with an ankle thing all season you know for the first game of the season, he sort of uh, hurt his ankle, and you know, maybe now he'll, he'll get some rest uh, that he deserves and you know, get himself recharged for the end of the season. You know, a tough spot though that they got coming up this week, they got host the Packers on Sunday Night Football. There's you no know, reports now, he hasn't, he's not officially ruled out yet, but it's you know, there's also been reports that he's gonna likely miss three weeks with his current injury, so. You know, maybe probably not. Uh, probably not a good bet to see him play in this game, even though it's going to be, you know, a big uh, showcase game against Green Bay.
1: Yeah, the the most that comes with me, away from me with that is uh, the Bears really got stung on that one. Because
0: yeah, yeah. The
1: Packers are probably going to play uh, Patrick Mahomes less Chiefs team, and the Bears are definitely on path to play him later on in the season and a game that they'll probably need.
0: Yeah. It's so this, this shows you how things ripple throughout the league and um, you know, we'll, we'll see how how, the, how these things are affected. You know, uh, we look at, you look at the Packers a couple years ago when uh, Rogers had that big injury, he got a, what was it? The, uh, the collarbone. The, the collarbone. Yeah. When, uh, Minnesota put him down and that sort of opened up a lot, you know, for Minnesota, especially in that, in the, in the North division, and uh, opened up a lot in the NFC that year. So you know, these things can, these things can have a, a nice ripple effect throughout the league, but uh, you know, right now the, you know, uh, he's healthy and that green Bay team is looking pretty strong coming out of this week. But uh, you know, as we go into the NFC, Let's let's look at let's start off with the north. Let's get uh, let's get the north stuff out, <laughs> out of uh, you know, out uh, out of our system. You know, because uh, not very good week again for bears when you talk about the bears themselves and stuff related to the bears. But uh, you know, of course, uh, the, you know, thirty six twenty five loss here in Chicago. New Orleans just came through and knocked all the buildings down. Uh, you can read the pieces for me and Ryan right now. On com about that and we'll uh we'll speak a bit more about that on the Bare necessities podcast this week coming up soon but uh yeah just a bad performance and just throw out everything right now with it with that team they really got nothing to work off of coming out of the bye and you know the only the only positive maybe a silver lining you could say is that they're facing a team coming up this week that's playing just as bad as them so maybe they could pick up some momentum but they have to know that at this point that there's really no confidence coming out of anywhere beyond Hollis hall so they got you know i think maybe today they've had i think they said they had a players only meeting today who knows what's going to come out of that and if are they gonna rally around each other because you know they're they're biting out that they're they're lashing out at people, they're lashing out at Cameron Smith and people on Twitter and everything. And
1: shout out to Cam.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like, come on, man. this you guys gotta you guys gotta refocus, man, because you're not doing you're not doing anything that you, that you know you put you put out these, you know, we, we all had big hopes and dreams for this team coming this season, but they they had them for themselves. They didn't they had no reason to believe that they would be a three and three team after six weeks this year and that they would have such embarrassing performances have all of their losses have really been embarrassing and a couple of their wins haven't even been that impressive. So it's like, you know, the offense is one of the meekest in the league and their defense is starting to show show more signs of strain because they have to play so much on the field to just keep the team in, in these games. And you know, we, we saw we saw them against a real team this week. A team that has a, a, a real identity on both sides of the ball. A team that can take losing its all is it's Hall of Fame quarterback and it's all pro running do everything running back. You know, the Bears, they lose their quarterback and they just have a worse quarterback set up behind him. You know, they though we could lose all our running backs this this week and it really wouldn't matter because we're not running the damn ball anyway. It's like, you know, we lose, uh, you know, we lose our all pro defensive tackle and we can't stop the run anymore is, you know, uh, Keem Hicks. So it's like there's very little room for, for error right now for the bears going forward. If they're going to have any type of successful season, they have to they have to redo everything and redo it starting this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's really not uh, too much to say in defense of the Bears right now. I mean, they're just trending down big time ever since really, especially on offense ever since the second half of last season. I mean, it's well documented now how Matt Nagy's offense has gone, Mark Tressman, basically. And that's not to say that he can't figure that out and get things going, but at this rate. You know, the only other time that the Bears ran less in a game was when Mark Trussman ran it eight times instead of seven that Matt Nagy did on Sunday. Yeah, so and, that was
0: the previous low for the franchise. Right. But this week they set a new low.
1: Exactly. And uh, you're looking at a, an offense that's just completely broken, a defense that's getting hurt with some injuries and some personal issue stuff that's. Uh, Really, uh, it's hurting the entire team because if you don't have the elite defense, you definitely don't have a run game. You definitely don't have a quarterback that can go downfield at all. So there's nothing to really point at as positives. And at the same time, too, you look at a coaching staff that, first of all, put a quarterback in a a horrible position on Sunday. Whatever you think of Mitch, that's not the point. He shouldn't throw it 54 times even if he's Patrick Mahomes. No mean He's gotta. You've got to have some balance as an offense. You can't just not run the football at all. And then defensively, you see them on the field every second, essentially, because there's always a mistake from the offense, whether it's a turnover or a three and out or just giving the ball away really quickly. And the defense is then forced to stop an offense that's very capable and very prepared and smart. I mean, it, you're just. It's a recipe for disaster. That's what it was. How do they respond from disaster is really what it's about. Because if you beat the Chargers on Sunday, it doesn't fix all the issues, but at least you're above 500 and you set yourself up for a chance to continue on with your season. If you lose Sunday, your season's pretty much over.
0: Yes. And and I think what really drives that home is the fact that every other team in the North is looking competitive, at least. You know, uh, you know Detroit took – took a loss this weekend, but they played down to the wire for the most part with the Vikings who looked re-energized in in these last couple weeks. And Uh, I believe
1: all four – I'm sorry, all three of the four NFC North quarterbacks had historically good days, whether it's franchise records or NFL records and uh, personal best records. And then you see, uh, of course, uh, Mitchell Trubisky really struggling and showing he's easily the worst quarterback in this division.
0: Yeah, and, and and Nagy might be the worst play caller right now. It's it's not a good situation because if you if you like I said if you're looking at the the Vikings they win forty two thirty in Detroit. They're a team that looks they they can run the ball. They that they did score only six here, but you know a lot of things can change even in a couple of weeks in this league, and we're looking at playing them later in the season in Minnesota. Who knows how different the situations are going to be at that point, you know. But uh, the Vikings right now, last cup, really since the Bears game, have looked like a different team, and they look like a team that's that wants to, that's ready to compete for real. And they look like the team that's, you know, ready to compete with Green Bay, who we already said, uh, you know, did that thing with the Raiders. Uh, you know, Raiders were weren't very great themselves. They weren't very disciplined. But you know you had a perfect passer rating from from uh, you know from Aaron Rodgers, and this is this team you know got off to a six and one, they've got to a six and one record with Rodgers pretty much just awakening. So what you know if Rodgers is, if Rodgers is gonna play like himself the rest of the year, what you know what are we gonna expect from the rest of the division if Green Bay is just starting to really their offense? If he's if he and and Rogers start really just starting to get a feel of uh, right. you know what's going on with and they
1: don't even have Devontae Adams yeah they don't
0: have Adams so it's like you know he 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 doesn't really you know he he could he could still get it to Scanling and all these Allison and all these other no name guys that he's got you know just give him somebody to throw to and he's gonna throw it so it's you know it's amazing what the, what that man can do but can it does what he can do but uh you know that's just what that's just what the uh the standard is in the north and uh like we said the vikings are are are, uh trying to keep up with them too and uh packers like they like you said they, they get a possible big break this week playing the chiefs and the vikings big big break on thursday night hosted uh washington I think you could put my pick down for that already. Uh, And uh, the rest of us will probably follow suit on that one. It's looking that way. the Dean Davis' show. But, uh, yeah, this, yeah, you know, what what else is there to be said right now? I guess the the North is a competitive division. And, you know, the Bears have to keep up. uh, The Lions also, they got a pretty good draw with the Giants. They're hosting the Giants this week. So, they – they, we may be looking at another division where everybody wins, another week where everybody wins in division but the Bears. If they put themselves in that situation, again, they deserve to really be, uh, you know, sellers at the trade deadline and then doing all those things that losing teams do. Because, like I said, there's nothing f- much for them to look forward to if they lose this week.
1: Yeah, it's. uh, I mean, they got to start pointing in a direction other than down if it's going to go anywhere besides down. So we'll learn a lot, I think, this Sunday where the division is at because, as you said, probably at the top they're going to win. The Lions look like they're going to be in a good position to get a win, but if they get a loss, maybe the Bears get a win. Maybe there's the divide where the Lions maybe fall off somewhat. Who knows? It's just, it's still a little bit early, but. For the Bears, it's no doubt. It's not early anymore. You got to win this week, or you're just done.
0: Definitely not early anymore. That's a good way of saying it. This is uh, too far, too far into the season to be doing all this simple stuff. But uh, definitely, uh, like I said, big, big week this coming up. Uh, that's coming up for the Bears. But uh, you know, week to week, a lot can change in the league. And uh, I think one team that definitely uh. Showed that this week was the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's take it to the NFC East, and the Cowboys' big win on Thursday, uh, Sunday night, thirty-seven to ten over the Eagles. We were talking last week about how the division has pretty much come down to these two teams, and the you know how difficult it is to you know deal with Dallas being overhyped every year. Mm-hmm. But then this is part of two, again why they are. Uh, there's always like people hold out so much hope for them because they get these prime time right. games. They show put up on that performance, put on performances like they do. It is like, oh man, maybe they are that good, but and they and, and in the face of the Eagles doing it in the Eagles' face is like, man, you know what? What are we really looking at here? Maybe the maybe Cowboys can not run away with this division. So I mean, what do you think coming out of that game?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know. Sometimes we overreact to some of these big divisional games, midseason, early season, late season. Cowboys definitely put on a great performance. If they play like that the rest of the way, consistently week in, week out, yeah, they'll probably be a one or two seed in the NFC or just be outside of the top teams, but definitely hosting a playoff game and, and really being a threat. Yeah. But that's been their thing always. How many times have we said that about them? If they can play this way consistently, the Cowboys can be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, it's like but they you don't. hear that every single year. Yeah. And uh, certainly this was a big victory, but they they are also a team that needed just to win that game because it was at home against the Eagles. Same thing for the Eagles. It's not panic. You have to just make sure you win your game against the Cowboys at home. And, and certainly the Eagles, they're more of a, I think, threat to fall apart than the the Cowboys are because that secondary for the Eagles is just really banged up and really bad right now. That's two weeks in a row where they've just been dominated through the air by Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. So you're not looking at necessarily Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you're talking about, Clearly second tier at best kind of quarterbacks, even if they're still positive, still top uh, tops of the league in terms of like top half or maybe even top 10. But they are not the elite of the elite and the Eagles can't stop anybody from throwing the football. So I don't know how that's going to get any better. And if they don't find a way to be consistent offensively in terms of putting up big points and controlling the clock then forget about it. The Eagles are just not going to be able to go far this year. And for the Cowboys, they're certainly at a better position health-wise. They got back uh, some of their offensive linemen. But, again, let's see what they do over these next few weeks because if they can come out and just, you know, win the next few games regardless of who it is because they should be able to play with anybody, then we're talking about a team that's clearly ascending and can take control of this division and probably wrap it up a lot sooner than maybe some of us thought. But then again, if the majority of the time, what we've seen from the Cowboys, they go back and forth. If that keeps happening, then this is going to be a race all the way down towards the month of December, if not towards January.
0: Yeah. Two, two heckling Ja and high team Jekyll and high teams. And, uh, you know, we think of the Eagles though. The Eagles only team to beat green Bay this year. They beat them in green Bay, but they also show that they're uh, capable of a, a downer performance like they had, uh, on Sunday night. So like it'll be interesting to see how they how those two teams go. But you figure, you know, because of the division, you know, the other two teams in the division aren't really going to be fighting for anything. And you know, we got more evidence of that this week by their losses. The Giants lose to the Cardinals at home 27-21. And uh, 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 Washington shut out 9-0 by the 49ers. So uh you know as as we look at uh those are two wins for the NFC West. So let's let's go to the NFC West. Uh you know 49ers still undefeated. Still uh you know they had had a messy game out there in uh in the DMV uh and they uh, able to you know, overcome uh, not Slop much slot bowl, slot really. bowl. Yeah, it was a lot of mud and stuff. Some great pictures came, came out of that. Uh, I think it was one that was like, probably the
1: best part of the Bears game, too. The pictures of yeah. Willis sticking out over the clouds.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. But was, I, I liked some, I think there was one picture from like this game where uh, there was like one of the San Francisco linemen that had mud like all in his beard and mm. stuff. It's like old school type of stuff. It was cool
1: that's
0: what you want to see. Yeah, but uh you know, I guess the 49ers got to exhibit some more of the toughness, but when you look at you know, what we see when we see what we see with teams now more more and more coming out of a, any given week, or they see a weakness, especially with these competitive teams, they try to address it right away and we saw we see it today, uh 49ers picking up Emmanuel Sanders from uh Denver, uh you know, a really lively receiver a guy who can you know make plays for you and you know it looks like they want to do more to pick up that offense they have a pretty solid you know run attack but they you know garoppolo hasn't really been putting up big numbers uh you know through the air so you know i guess no, that's, i guess that's a plus for them you know it, definitely you pick up another weapon and uh we'll see how that goes for the 49ers and uh actually another trade actually that uh, just came across uh, online looking at the news. Uh, also in this division, and it's in, affecting the North as well. Quandre digs the safety from the Lions, going to Seattle. So you know, when you look at Seattle, that's that's a team that's you know looking to upgrade their defense, upgrade their secondary. Yeah. So you know, we you know they're coming off that big loss to uh, Baltimore. So. Like I say, these are teams that, you know, this is probably the most competitive division in the league right now. The NFC West. When you look at, uh, you know, you look at the undefeated San Francisco, and you got uh, you know, the Car- five and two, you know, Seahawks. five and two Seahawks,
1: four and three Rams team. Rams.
0: We seen, you know, last week they made their big move and uh and getting Jalen Ramsey, and that that worked you know, worked out pretty well for them. They got to win this week. Um, uh, was it uh? Who did they play this?
1: The Falcons. Falcons,
0: right? Yeah, 30, 17 you No know, Falcons are getting beat up by everybody, so um, you no, know, yeah, just a the definitely a win that they should have picked up, and they definitely did. And uh, like we said, the Seahawks we told about the Seahawks, Cardinals though, man, three three and one. You no, know, that's that's pretty, pretty impressive. impressive for them. Yeah. So you know what, what is I guess what were uh. Like say 49ers weren't too impressive but you know when you're undefeated you're undefeated so it's you got to got to still give them props as far as that goes and they like say when you when you're in that division as competitive as it is you just want to keep winning
1: Yeah I think uh those 49ers are showing everybody that they are a real team that defense it's playing about as good as any defense out there it might be the only the patriots that have a better defense right now than the 49ers and that's just you know counting hairs basically trimming hairs whatever you want to put it they're they're very close and picking up emmanuel sanders makes them that much better on offense i think and will work well with the weapons that they already have like george kittle and the uh, various running backs they have like matt brieta so Kyle Shanahan giving him an offensive weapon that that means that something good's going to happen because he can coach offense. I think right. we all understand that through the years of him as an offensive coordinator and now as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, you look at the other teams, they are just equally as loaded uh, a trade for the Seahawks. They want to beef up that defense as much as possible because even though they're having issues with their offensive line, you've got Russell Wilson and you've got a commitment to the run game. So they feel like they can keep in it with anybody offensively. Can they just shut you down defensively? And they had a few games, like you look at the Browns game, they gave up a bunch of points. They've given up a, a lot of points to teams, and they got to find a way to be a little bit more stymie on that side of the ball. And with Clowney and Diggs, they're hoping that that will finally put them over the top. And looking at the Rams... Picking up Jalen Ramsey is going to be huge. That's a boost to their defense, or at least it looked like that in the first week of the Jalen Ramsey era. And Sean McVay, we know from his time as a head coach, and whatever offense he's worked at, he can coach offense. And they uh, seemingly bounce back no problem. And getting back Todd Gurley, they've got uh, a little bit of health maybe coming their way if this team can find a way to just steady the course and get a little bit stronger and stouter defensively. They're going to be just as scary as all the others. And the Cardinals are not going to be a walkthrough for anybody. If if Kyler Murray and that offense continues to develop, they have some nice veteran pieces on defense that should keep them in football games or at least uh, give them a professional outing. And if they can do that each week, I mean, they're, they're poised for a 500 season and that's probably going to mean a few uh, interdivisional wins.
0: Yeah. And, Look at it, this coming week uh Ram's host the Bengals uh could be a nice uh should be a nice another pickup win for them but rest of the division faces the NFC South Seahawks travel to Atlanta uh Cardinals travel to New Orleans and the 49ers host the Panthers so with that said let's let's look wrap up our week uh with the uh, NFC South and uh, of course this week you know Saints Dominate the Bears, we know that. Um uh, the uh excuse me, just get my computer back on. Falcons, like I said, just uh took a big loss to the Rams. And the uh I guess uh Buccaneers and Panthers both uh took him by because they were playing over in London last week. So yeah, you know, pretty you know, pretty uh straightforward stuff with the South. Uh, you know, one good team and one bad team played this week. So, you know, when you look at the that the Saints. You know, like I said, what what one more can you say about them, man? Right. They, they just would. They just handled their business and they looking as strong as ever.
1: Yeah, and they're uh, welcoming, and I believe the Cardinals this week and might have Breeze, Calvin Alvin Camara, right back. So, dang, I mean, they might have just went perfect without. Their quarterback, you never would have guessed that when Drew Brees went down you figured they'd at least have a couple losses and maybe the division was in flux. But nope, Sean Payton, he uh, steadied the course. He did what great head coaches do, kept his team together and adjusted to the roster that he has and with the players that he has. And they made great evaluations in the off-season and having depth at the quarterback position and having depth great. at other positions yeah. just so that they could win in different type of manners. And so uh, they're going to be the division winner unless something catastrophic happens to them. Uh, The Panthers, they're in a good spot. Can they come out and win uh, as consistently as they have been? And they're going to find themselves in a a potential issue with Cam Newton and Kyle uh, Allen playing, but you want those problems. We would take those problems very easily here in Chicago to have two quarterbacks that deserve starting consideration based on what they've shown. And, uh, you look at the Bucs, they're uh, a team that I think is uh, starting to have their air out of their balloon kind of come out because they're just not as deep defensively. They're having issues. Jameis Winston doesn't look like the guy, a quarterback, and teams are figuring him out pretty easily so far. And the Falcons, we you said it. I mean, who isn't beating the Falcons nowadays? And with the trade with Sanu, it's clear that they're in seller mode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, we mentioned – you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, this, like I said, the Saints put the Bears in, the, in their place this week. And you talk about some catastrophic happening. At this point, you have to think it would be like the Black Plague or something. Right. I mean, you know, they, that, far, was like, it Drew
1: Brees going down the catastrophic? Yeah, that was, you would
0: think it was. But, you know, but it, it did affect the Maybe it's if
1: Sean Payton goes to like, yeah, the maybe. hospital or something like that.
0: Maybe. Maybe, maybe if he gets
1: mono and has to stay away from the team, and maybe that <laughs> right. would be a
0: problem. Right, but a great uh, you no. Know, this period has been a great showcase for for Teddy Bridgewater, and you no, know, even for the the, the guy Hill. You know, they use him in in certain packages and stuff. And he's you know, I think I, I think I heard it on the score uh, on Mondays. My they had three no better quarterbacks than the Bears. Probably, had, you know? <laughs> it's probably. Like, you know, yeah, we would take Taysom Hill right now. You know, but, but you know, like I say Saints are definitely contender, and it. You know, they're they still they had this period where they weren't whole. They kept winning, and they're gonna be whole, you know, by November again. And they're gonna be really ready to get going again for the for the down stretch. So, you know, really impressive. Now, when you talk about uh, the the issues in Carolina, some people actually are, you know, sort of aligning their issues with our issues, and that's what I want to go out with this week. A little bit of a taste of. Of the bear necessities uh which you know except we'll have coming later this week uh in our new uh headline segment uh now i want to give a, I want to give a quick headline out from this from today from yahoo and dan wetzel should the bears pursue cam newton and uh you know kyle allen we've been talking he's been keeping the ship afloat in carolina you know is it really making Cam Newton expendable? We're not hearing if we're not hearing exactly if that's the case or not. You would think that, you know, that would be a guy who you want to keep if he, if you get him up to hundred percent again, but who you no, know, who knows? You no, know, maybe they are that impressed with him. That with Kyle Allen down there in Carolina, that, you know, maybe Newton is expendable at this point. And, You know, you would think if Newton is available, he would be the top target for anybody who needs a quarterback and who needs a quarterback more than the bears right now. What are you talking now? I don't know if you're talking at before the trade deadline this year or in the, of this coming off season, you know, but what, what are your thoughts though in general about this report today? And you know, it's, it's been making the rounds and all that.
1: Well, uh, Certainly, I don't put much credence to it for this trade deadline just because I'm with you. If I'm Carolina, I'm not trying to get rid of Cam Newton at all. You're in a position to be in the playoffs. If Kyle Allen were to tear his ACL next week, you don't want to say, oh, well, too bad we shipped away Cam Newton for draft picks.
0: Or if he just learns that he's Kyle Allen. Right,
1: (laughs) exactly. And like you said, maybe part of the problem is just he's – Never really been healthy, and now he can definitely take his time, get as healthy as you possibly can because they're not rushing him back based on the way that they're playing. And uh, you look at in the offseason, that would make a lot more sense because boy, if you're the Bears, I'm not going to say that the the Trubisky thing is quite done, but at the very least, you can't go into next year assuming he's your starting quarterback, right. 10 games, unless it's just stellar Pro Bowl elite stuff each game for the 10 games, it has to be something extremely dramatic. If it's just the same old, same old, I mean, you just cannot go into next year assuming that, oh, yeah, Mitch can lead this team if we get uh, some things figured out on the offensive line or whatever the other issues are. You have to bring in somebody. And you look at what they have as assets. They don't have a first-round pick, and it's going to be extremely hard to trade into the first round for a quarterback if this is a good quarterback draft class. And then you look at, are there guys in the later rounds that you can go after? If for whatever reason, based on contract age, and you could trade away maybe some of the second-round picks that you have or some of the assets you have to get Cam Newton, that seems like a very realistic... Type of approach to solving the quarterback issue, at least in the short term, while you're waiting for some of those draft picks to build back up. There's also the
0: question of: Do you want this? Do you want Ryan Pace to make another quarterback? No doubt.
1: I mean, he was supposed to be picking one every year. That never happened. He's only picked one, and he picked him over Mahomes and Watson. I mean, if you took away. His name, you took away the bears, and you just said that scenario to someone. You said, Would you trust this guy to draft your next quarterback? Everybody would say, No, everybody would say, Get somebody else to pick that next guy. I would not trust it. I mean, if you miss on those two and you've completely gone against your philosophy already, what kind of faith can you really have in him finding a guy, especially when it's got to be in the second or later in the
0: draft? Definitely, definitely. I'm uh, you know, I think Cam Newton would be ideal, however you swing it. But At least like, you know he could
1: run the RPO.
0: Ex- yes, exactly. So he, he could get the hell out the pocket. That would be definitely the case. But, you know, and, and I'm with you, though, as far as these last 10 games got to be about Mitch and his pro- his progression or lack of. You have to be able to size him up completely by the end of these 10 games. So we got at least – it really doesn't make any sense to trade for anyone Cam Newton or or anybody else you know let let you know hopefully the kid could stay trubisky could stay healthy and he could play out this stretch and we could see just what we have in him
1: and, and you know really quick kyle to that if maybe Nagy, let's say he changes the course and they become a running heavy team yeah and then mitch starts playing well i mean Is it inconceivable then to go into next year thinking Mitch is your starter while you have another option developing behind him with the mindset that you are a running football team in 2020 and that you are going to primarily run the football and use Mitch as a play action and as a uh, just he's going to throw when we absolutely need him to throw to help him out. And then the next year after that, maybe you have the quarterback
0: that you need. Yeah, and that's what I was. That's the the last point I was gonna go into here. Yeah. Going into 2020, you have to have at least one other guy beyond Mitch and Chase Daniel. I don't even think you really should have Chase Daniel on the roster. I think next he year. needs to be gone. Yeah, this year. have have a a solid option, be it a draft, somebody draft or a veteran. You know, somebody who it can be who you can confidently plug in to the position should anything happen with Mitch. So that's, that's got to be, that's, that's a one now It's that's like what the kicker was in this pass off season for placing Cody Parker was that's having a viable option beyond Mitch Trubisky in a quarterback position. Yeah, that's, You
1: need to have that quarterback battle. Like you have that kicker battle.
0: Yeah, that you would be that nice. I, I wrote, I wrote that in, in my piece this week. Like if, if, if they turned over all the rocks and did all the the work that they did in all of our pos- potential positions of weakness that they did with, you know, the kicker position, this team might be a lot stronger right now, but they didn't do that. They just thought everything was cool and it, and it wasn't. <laughs> well, you were
1: hoping that that Mitch jump comes, it doesn't come. Now don't double down like Phil Emery did and Jerry Angelo and some of these guys where they doubled down on bad quarterbacks because they didn't want to go into the quarterback wilderness. Your best option after this year is to go into the wilderness and find somebody else to at least be another option because if you double down with Mitch again, that's how you get fired real quick.
0: Yes, like yes. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, especially when it's a get, bad basket. Yeah, the eggs will get cracked for sure.
1: And when you got that hole at the bottom, you know those <laughs> eggs aren't gonna they're not gonna stay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. But we'll we'll have a lot more though, with the Bears coming up. Uh, maybe not too much. I don't know. I don't know how much more I can talk about them until I see the win again. But... I know it's it's
1: been, <laughs> it's been like a like sucking on a lemon, basically. It's yeah, like,
0: oh, it's, it's it's mad sour, oh, man. I'm over. Mad sour. But but uh, hopefully, you got a good taste out of this all thirty two podcast, man. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up because. Uh, we gotta get gotta get my man Ryan off to uh to record the Dean Davis show, which he's about to do. But uh yeah, great job this week, man. A pleasure to have you fun to
1: do it here. In
0: the same vicinity with me, man. And uh yeah, we go we gotta do this again soon. But uh we'll definitely do all thirty two soon, uh next week, uh, whether we're here together or not. But uh yeah, hope you like I say, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoy uh, everything we got here on war on anchor and uh, we are we go radio.com. Uh, definitely. Like I say, read Ryan's piece, be my piece on the bears. If you're interested more in the NFL stuff, uh, we got the NBA stuff uh previewing the new season. And uh, like I say, new Dean Davis show will be uh, touching on all of that and more. So you'll uh, definitely want to listen to that uh, premiering on Wednesday. And also, uh, uh, premiering on Thursday here on War on Anchor, but you can hear it uh, Wednesday on uh, dear Davis on SoundCloud. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, keep sharing our stuff. Keep uh, rating. Give us good ratings if you uh, uh, if you see us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, show us love. We'll show it right back. But in the meantime, I uh, hope you do. Hope you enjoy your week. Uh, stay positive. Keep building. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. oh, 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 oh